This is the 16th episode of the Skills Factory, talks and ideas about skills from Europe and beyond. You're listening to the podcast series of the European Training Foundation, the European Union agency working on education in the EU neighboring countries. I'm Maria Lvova, and today we're going to talk about the rebuilding and reopening of education after an armed conflict. To know more about education during the wartime, please listen to our previous episode. And I'd like to introduce our guest that took part in the rebuilding process after an armed conflict in Kosovo, Anton Goyani, expert on quality assurance and higher education working in Kosovo for Austrian Development Agency. Welcome back, Anton. Hi, thank you for inviting us. And Anthony Griebern, human capital development expert from the European Training Foundation who has worked for many years in Balkans, including in Kosovo. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Maria. We pray and we hope that the armed conflict in Ukraine could stop as soon as possible. But in your experience with Kosovo, when is the right moment to start thinking about the rebuilding and the reopening of the education system? Anton. From our experience, the right moment is right after the war, immediately after the war. We have to think about the rebuilding and reopening the system also during the war. But we cannot uh, make plans about that because uh, uh, also we were not the, the actors who could decide when the war will be ended and will, uh, will stop. But this should start parallelly to the repatriation of the people because, first of all, we have to think of the people, how to repatriate people, how to, to bring them back into the country and how to, to also manage the, lo the, the, the losses and the trauma. Parallel to that, we have to, to, to think of uh, rebuilding the system, to rethink the system, and to reopen the education uh, system uh, within the uh, country. So once the military actions are over, that's the moment when you can start thinking about rebuilding, right? It's parallel to the repatriation, parallel to rebuilding. Uh, immediately we have to re reopen the education system and, and to, to, to go ahead because we have to manage also the not only the, the, the uh, uh, losses of the people and of trauma, but also the, the losses on time. Let's say in a way to, to catch up with the uh, uh, losses that were caused also in the education system during the, during the war. Anthony. Would you agree that we can't yet think of reconstruction, reopening of education in Ukraine? I think it has to be part of the ongoing conversation. I think that it has to be part of our pre-planning. And pre-planning here is going to be important. I think the first thing before uh, you start opening up schools, getting kids back into classroom or whatever, is to ensure that the, the properties... The, the school properties, the school playgrounds, um, whatever, are totally secure. This this will involve a significant amount of effort. And if we take the case of, uh, of Ukraine, where their um, school premises might have been mined, um, um, all the kinds of things need to be taken into consideration. So security, I think, is the is the number one issue before uh, the the actual physical rebuilding reconstruction exercise happens. But in addition to that, I think it's, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about particularly, and this is where Ukraine is different from Kosovo, we have significant parts of the country in the west of Ukraine that still have not been, let's say, occupied. They still have not, and where education continues of, of sorts. That continuity and education is so important. It's, it's important for the children. It's important in terms of general routine. It's also important, we know that every year, of schooling lost 
by a child is uh, has implications for their onward uh, educational and professional development. So we have to minimize that as much as possible for the existing population, both inside uh, inside Ukraine, the school population inside Ukraine, as well as, as those outside. But the day that the conflict finishes will be a trigger for an enormous effort, both by the Ukrainian side and their international partners, to try to normalize life insofar as possible, as quickly as possible, uh, for the, uh, for the edu education system. And this will mean mobilizing the teachers, mobilizing the administration to support those, those teachers with the, the, uh, with the support of the, the Ukrainian people itself and the Ukrainian NGOs and whatever, but also I think the international community will have a big role to play here. We will come back to the international community for sure, but I just wanted to share with you something. I was really amazed by the Minister of Education of Ukraine that actually prepared an all-Ukrainian schedule of classes that will be held online for those that can follow them, and also some classes broadcast on, on the TV. So they really put a massive effort on continuing education where it is possible. Coming back to the international organization, what was the role, Anton? of the international organizations and donors in the reconstruction phase in Kosovo? What kind of support or what role should this organization play in Ukraine? The role of uh, international organization was really important and huge. And uh, this role was, uh, of course, important from the day one. In, in Kosovo, the governance structures were ruined by the regime and uh, we had to establish a joint um, uh, interim administrative structures together with the UN uh, mission in Kosovo. And uh, of course, uh, the, the, their role was uh, important, not only in terms of rebuilding the country, but also in building a kind of, you know, uh, uh, coexistence between international and local structures of, of uh, governance first. Second uh, issue was also the, the consensus building among uh, both sides in terms of the future and perspective of the country, which was completely different because the role of international missions, especially from the UN missions, was not to establish a state here, was <laughs> to establish an interim structures of, of governance. And our uh, vision and mission was to establish the state structures and, and state education system. Uh, I have to, 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 to say this, which is not present uh, in, in this case in, in, in Ukraine. And the other side, of course, that they had a huge role in rebuilding the schools and, and supporting to, to rebuild also the processes. Uh, we, although had maybe, maybe a bit illusionary expectations that international community is well organized and uh, will uh, always uh, uh, speak with one voice, we found out that they have also their own agendas and not always they are speaking with their uh, with one voice and we had also to manage this kind of situations with them but also in the other side to push ahead our agenda on, on, on building the system but also on rethinking the system now uh, if we're talking about you know uh, 23 years ago the situation was completely different in terms of uh, digital tools in terms of uh, communication tools all these things were completely different at that time. So it, it was quite a challenging uh, period. And the other side, international community was dealing, especially education, based on so-called leading agencies. 
UN was uh, uh, through UNICEF leading the, the part of general education and curriculum, mainly the process of curriculum development. And the other side, uh, GTZ and Germans, we, uh, we, we had uh, with Swiss and, and Danes in, in, in vocational education and training, and also on uh, um, uh, adult learning uh, part of that. And on the other side, uh, uh, as related to the higher education in the international area, we had Bologna coming. Imagine oh, we were not even uh, invited to the Bologna process. We started to think the system according to Bologna processes and to start a reforming system also in the higher education. This is just to give you some examples that you have to cope with everything at the same uh, time. Apart from the losses, apart from the problems that you have with the system, apart with all these things, still you have to regain what was also lost during the war and, and to keep the continuity of the education, but also to, to, to catch up with what was uh, lost at the same time. We had also a, a huge uh, uh, issue with some minorities. Although they were small, we had also to cope with the respecting of uh, international conventions and the rules, and uh, uh, also trying to provide education for them, All, which is not easy, especially about certain minorities who are part of the regime and occupying and fighting against the, 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 the majority. But what, what Kosovo uh, did, uh, in a way, our triumph triumphalism was quite well managed to compare to the consequences caused by the war. Thanks a lot, Anton. Anthony, so as Anton told us, in Kosovo, donors were not speaking to each other, and uh, the leading role was uh, taken by UN. Who should take the leading role in the rebuilding of education in Ukraine? Anthony. There is a point where the donor steps in on the ground and is present and omnipresent, and that's an important step in the reconstruction uh, support effort. However, if we take a step back, and I think this is important, I think the international donor community should already now be engaged in a conversation and, and in a coordinated conversation amongst themselves as to what they envisage could be uh, their contribution in 2023 plus, and that's assuming that the that the war ha has ended. So the stepping in in the process is, is it, it's immediate. You, we really that we, we really need to be part of the planning uh, exercise, the international community, um, donors, um, 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 whatever. I think the second thing is that uh, I think EU member states, particularly and other international uh, other international operators would need to be thinking about what type of finance at this point they envisage would be needed to, to bring forward a rebuilding program. And I think the rebuilding program from the damage that we see, particularly in the uh, in inner city areas, is going to be significant. And we're talking about 10 years plus here. So earmarking finance needs to be part of budgetary discussions uh, of, of the international uh, partners. And thirdly, and this is about ensuring that the capacity is there before you even put your boots on the ground, is that I think they need to be mobilizing teams. And these would be rapid response teams that are able to move in uh, the hostilities uh, cease 
in order to, to maximize the, uh, the potential, particularly in that critical period, in the first six months, it's so critical, when people will, particularly refugees, will, will be returning. And those refugees, in particular the children, need to be integrated as quickly as possible into what remains of the education infrastructure that's there. Anton brought up a good point. Sometimes this, the buildings are just not there, but you have to use the schoolyard. And I think we might think of that as an innovative solution, but some, somehow it's the only solution. So I think we might be looking at schoolyards with tents uh, and whatever to provide that type of that temporary infra infrastructure. But the planning process starts already now. We don't wait until the, yes. uh, until the conflict has, has finished. Tony, but as we've seen it already, many donors are coming, everyone with its own agenda. Who should be the leading voice amongst all of those voices of donors? I'm very, very impressed with the leadership, uh, the Ukrainian leadership at this point in time. We've got Zelensky. Every night he has got, he's meeting with uh, um, international partners. He's meeting with EU member states online. I think the leadership is already there and assuming that uh, the way they're being uh, cho uh, choreographing the, the response to the Russian invasion, that type of leadership also now needs to be engaged in order to choreograph the response to the uh, an engagement with the international partners as they discuss uh, their, their, their plans uh, for a post-conflict post engagement in Ukraine. But the discussion between the Ukrainian authorities and the international partners starts today. If we try to make a, a recipe of the reopening and rebuilding, um, in between what Anton said and Anthony said, uh, making sure that the places are secure, the rebuilding process that will start together with repatriation, the recruitment of teachers. Am I forgetting something? Most of it is this, but also immediately, immediately rethinking of the reforming the system and taking this opportunity for rebuilding the whole modern system of the country immediately and not waiting. And along with that goes the quality assurance processes. And now, question, Anton, to you uh, as someone who has taken part in this rebuilding process, do you see it as an opportunity to modernize educational system? Did it happen like that in Kosovo? In Kosovo, it was a must. We, we had uh, and we still have the youngest population in, in, in Europe and the, the real, let's say, dynamism was present. And imagine me at that time, 20 years, 26 years old, uh, uh, you know, uh, with the hope of, of changing the whole system, you know, and with the <laughs> desire to make the changes, all these things. Also, the young spirit of the people had this uh, a lot to, 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 to move forward things, but also to, to, to take this opportunity to reform. What I would like just to, to mention is that, uh, as Tony said, by the leadership shown during this war there. I think this gives me a real hope that uh, the leadership of Ukraine is able to revitalize uh, the whole country, but also to modernize the education system of the, of the country. And this, this is something that gives me a real, very uh, positive hope for the youngsters and for the youth of the Ukraine. Thanks a lot. Uh, Anthony, do you think that there are opportunities in this situation for Ukraine to modernize and build something new and maybe better? Well, you know, there's a silver lining to every cloud, you know, and uh, 
And I think that uh, the opportunity that I see moving forward is that we will, uh, and this is from signals in, both from the Ukraine side and some, from some of our member states, that Ukraine would be a future member state, so it would be a candidate country. And I've no doubts about it, it would be a really good partner uh, to join us inside the European Union. However, I think that that signal in itself demonstrates that the uh, education developments moving forward would have would coalesce with wider developments inside the inside the European Union. Now, Anton has talked about the whole move now towards much more digital forms of learning. There's a big push in this uh, from the uh, from the EU 27. I can see this as um, as one of the opportunities um, uh, as we move forward with the de developments in Ukraine uh, post post war. Uh, we've also said uh, you've, you've already told told us Maria that the, uh, the, the the education system is already already responded that reflex has been good where classes are being de delivered online and whatever we need to build on that cooperation uh, cooperation with international partners um, we, we have to see how this how this how this how this plays out um, I don't think that the model from uh, from Kosovo would be the correct one uh, for uh, for Ukraine. But coming back to this point, I think the Ukrainians will have a fair idea already about how they're going to open the conversation, engage and manage the process. So like, like Anton, I'm very confident that we're going to find a very different, uh, much more innovative education system 15 years from now in, in Ukraine. And it will be their reference point inside maybe if by that time Ukraine is a member of the European Union, it could be our, our shining star on education. Let's hope for that. Absolutely. Anton, how long did it take to restart the normal education process from the moment when the military actions were over? How long does it take? Okay, this is a quite uh, tricky question because uh, uh, <laughs> it is important to, to determine what is the normality after the war uh, in any country and in any society because the, the losses are there, the destruction is there, everything is there. But let's say that we reopened in three months after the after the military actions uh, uh, ended. But in terms of uh, uh, organizing in a more normal way. It took three years to us to have a real normal, let's say, learning and teaching process in place, rebuilding part in place, all these things. And parallel to that, starting with the reform. But it took three years just to come to a certain normality because it will take decades to come back to the real normality of the whole uh, system of the country. But what is very important, parallel to the uh, normal, let's say, teaching and uh, learning activities should be present a lot of extracurricular activities to uh, support uh, all the kids to come back to their own normality, more rather than the normality of the system. This is a very, very, very important. And this is a very important to influence their way of thinking and their lives, how to fill them with the joy and how to fill them with the positive uh, uh, memories of the post-war period. This is a very important uh, uh, investment, to, especially to the young generation and to kids. All the consequences are still present personally to me. And taking initiatives 
for example, in regional cooperation, when it comes to Serbs and to Serbia, we have immediately present mistrust. You see, it's not easy. This is present on me. This is present inside. I'm not saying that uh, we are not uh, willing to cooperate, but the consequences will be forever to this generation of people. So this, this cannot be erased and should not be erased. But also what we should do, the teaching of the history subject and civic education should go through a different perspective to come to the normality. It's not enough that strong leadership of, of Ukraine. I strongly believe on them. But it's EU who should keep the word, who should be united, and who should support this nation and this country. It is a role of EU and, and Western countries to speak with a unified voice and not only with the promises, but to keep the promises, to support this country, to integrate as soon as possible, regardless of some technicalities. Thanks a lot, Anton. So just in a nutshell, three months to start somehow school activities in school courtyards, three years to start the activities in schools, decades to do the proper reforms. Anthony, anything to comment? I think that Anton's point is that accompanying the whole reform of the education system, we need we need very strong civic um, civic support initiatives in and around schools and local communities. Um, this will help deal with particularly uh, the extracurricular stuff. You will have children coming back into schools, perhaps having lost parents, having lost family, having lost homes, or whatever. So there's a significant amount of trauma that needs to be uh, needs to be addressed here. It cannot be packed off and 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 ignored, because trauma remains with the individual and and resurrects itself in many forms uh, throughout life. So a very very socio psychological support. Uh, for local communities, particularly children uh, coming back into the uh, the schooling system, uh, will be important. I think yes, there are always issues when we have different communities or different cultures within a within a country. But I I I'm optimistic that the uh, the the, the um, Zelensky uh, government, um, uh, the administration is uh, an open and, and strong democracy, and I think. The moving forward in terms of engaging, dialoguing with all communities, all ethnic communities, that 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 will happen. There will be resistance from different pockets of places, but that's part of that's going to be part of the process that has that has to be has to be managed. But uh, once Ukraine's borders have been reconfirmed, and the occupation has been uh, has been withdrawn, the violence has gone. I think there are. This is the, the real time for uh, for Ukraine uh, to to blossom. Imagine we have a, a listener who's from Ukraine, and this person knows that the reconstruction and rebuilding will take years, and the reforms will take decades. What would be your message? First of all, uh, no doubt that Ukraine will win. However, triumphalism should be managed and not to allow the revanchism to take place. The Ukrainian spirit of peace, of a peaceful nation, and the Ukrainian spirit of the teachers, community, and teachers' messages should be always present. Uh, I want to, to convey this message 
which is very important to build a young generation of peaceful Ukrainians who have shown that they are really patriots and peaceful people, but that they should manage this in a very positive way, regardless of the consequences. Second issue, what I would, would, would convey to them, they have to keep going the reform of education system for the sake of the future of the country, for keeping their nation united and for modernizing the nation, for modernizing the country. This is very, very, very important. The issue of the, of the rebuilding and all these kind of, how I call, hard part of the construction and, and, and interventions, those are the easiest part. Because with the support of the uh, uh, donors and international community, this can be uh, uh, managed. But the part of winning the peace is the most difficult, uh, 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 despite winning the, the war. This is very, very important. This is my message to, to all my colleagues there. Thanks a lot, Anton. Anthony. I think to the, uh, to the listener from Ukraine at the moment, we know that you cannot undo the harm and you cannot undo the loss um, to, to families uh, across Ukraine. However, you can undo the destruction and that will mean the rebuilding program will be part and parcel of your lives over the next 10, 15 years. So there is something of optimism there, but also to the, that, that man, man or woman who's listening from uh, Ukraine this morning, you will have come through a very sharp rise in resilience building at a personal level. You will have worked with your families trying to build up the, that, that, the resilience of your families. That resilience is something to build on. It's something that's internal to us all. It's, it's about survival. You will need to continue to build on that, uh, build on that resilience but positively, as Anton just said, build on that resilience through the opportunities that you will see both for you and your family as the conflict subsides, as the occupiers withdraw, as you start to get your village and school and uh, local communities re-established. And it's, it's essentially, I think it's a four, the old four-letter word is, you know, it's hope. Build on the hope that you have. Thanks a lot, Anthony. I think it's very important to transmit also the message to Ukrainians that they are not alone. There's a whole world watching, supporting, and ready to help. And glory to Ukraine. I would like to thank both of our speakers for this extremely interesting conversation. Thanks a million for coming and for taking part in this episode. Thanks a lot to Anton Goyani, Coordinator for Quality Assurance and Higher Education from Austrian Development Agency. Thanks a lot, Anton. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. And glory, glory to Ukraine. Thanks a lot, Anthony, expert in human capital development from the European Training Foundation. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Maria. And this is where I say Slava Ukraini as well. Slava Ukraini, Giroim Slava. But I will also say which is thank you in Irish to both you and to Anton for being here this morning. And I finish off with, with you, Ukrainiabu, which is glory to Ukraine in the Irish language. I would like to say also in Albanian, Roft Ukraina. Glory to Ukraine. Slava Ukraini. And to all our listeners, please follow Skills Factory on all the platforms. Thank you very much and stay tuned because there is much more to come. Goodbye.